Father, we come before you this day with love in our hearts, with worship in our minds and in our voices. And we seek to honor you totally. Thank you for the privilege. And we pray in the wonderful name of Jesus Christ. Amen. And I have the privilege of reminding you of what happened 2,000 years ago. The scriptures tell us that on that wondrous night, there were a group of young men out in the fields watching over their flocks. Shepherds. Nobody real special. Nobody of prominence. Nobody of political position but shepherds but then in the midst of that beautiful night an angel appeared and scripture says the glory of the Lord shone all around them and they were terrified as you would be or as I would be but the angel looked at those young men and spoke to them and said, Do not be afraid, because I have good news of great joy. Because today, in the city of David, is born the Savior. He is Jesus Christ the King. I have good news of great joy. And we celebrate that even to this day. And with the coming of Jesus Christ into this world, yes, he left his heavenly home and absolutely crashed into this earth, this place that he had to come because of his love. But with his coming, we have the gift of perpetual joy. Now, I want you to think about that for a minute. Because perpetual means continuing and absolute and always. So are you always joyful? Are you always happy? Well, folks, let me tell you, there are two different things right there. I hope you realize that. I think from your reaction right then, you do. I love to be happy. <laughs> I love to smile and laugh and play and tease and have a good time with my family and my church family. I love happiness. It's a wonderful emotion. But it is transient. You understand that word? It moves. And it comes for a little bit, and then it goes away. And it comes for a little bit, and then it goes away. Happiness. It's connected to the, to the things of life, to the experiences, to the gifts, to things that we have or don't have. And that's wonderful. Not anything wrong with happiness. 
But that's not what we're talking about today. We're talking about joy, where happiness is an emotion. Joy is a state of being. Now I want you to think about that. Because it just goes on and on and on and on, or it's supposed to. Now this is one of those places where in this sermon or in God's Word, we are challenged to think about ourselves. Do you have continuing joy? It is a mystery. It is hard to grasp sometimes. And I want to tell you, and I promise you, that you and I, we cannot do it by ourselves. It is impossible for you as a human being to hang on to joy all of your life, all of the time, continual, always. So where does it come from? It's a mystery. But the fact is, is that we're going to study here for the next 30 minutes. The wonderful scriptures that tell us something. That give us a clue or even really tell us the answer to the mystery. <laughs> so if you wonder where continual, complete, never-ending joy comes from, we're going to look at God's Word, and we're going to discover that, I trust. I hope so. So we're going to look first at the book of Philippians, the fourth chapter. Great book, great passage. The Apostle Paul wrote this for us under the Holy Spirit's guidance. And it says something very challenging about joy because it says rejoice in the Lord always I will say it again rejoice now what <laughs> there it is folks rejoice in the Lord always now this is one of those declarative statements that we get in scripture it's not a maybe <laughs> it's not an option it is the fact that it says to rejoice in the Lord always. Now, what does that mean? It means always. Always, always, always. Because he's always near. Now, you look at the scripture on the screen, and I want to go through it. And I want to listen to what God says. And I want to ask you to listen to what God says. Because we are to rejoice in the Lord always. And it says, let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. The Lord is within you. The Lord is about you. He came 2,000 years ago. What is one of his names? Emmanuel. What does Emmanuel mean? God with us. And so the Lord is near. Then we have a gift. Now the gifts are part of our joy and part of our happiness. But we hang on to the gifts. We hang on to the spirit. We hang on to the presence of the Lord in our lives. 
That's part of the, the key to the mystery. So the Lord is near, and then it says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Folks, he wants you and me to come to him. All right? He wants you and me to come to him. And we're to present our requests and petitions to our Heavenly Father. But is that just asking him to take care of my needs? Is that just asking him to give me, give me, give me, give me, give me? I've said to you before that I don't like what I call vending machine prayers. I hope you don't like them either. Because I don't think God likes them. Now, yes, this passage and part of our joy is to present our petitions, our requests to Almighty God with thanksgiving. With thanksgiving. Now, when you can thank your Heavenly Father for what He does and what He's going to do, then your joy goes up. And the scripture goes on. And it says, And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding. Now there's part of the mystery. The peace of God, which is completely beyond human understanding. Folks, you and I are supernatural beings. Now we're also natural beings. We have a dual nature. You are supernatural because of the Holy Spirit in your life. You're natural because you're a man, woman, you're a human being. Now, we will be dual people until the day we die or until the day Jesus Christ comes back. But in your humanness, you cannot understand this whole mystery of joy. But in your supernatural being, because of the presence of Jesus Christ in your life, and we're going to see that a little bit more in our next scripture in a moment, but because of that supernatural nature, you can begin to understand and live in this continuing complete joy. So this peace of God is such a great gift, and I will talk about that more and more every time I talk almost, because this is one of my favorite scriptures and so this peace of God transcends all understanding and will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus and then it says finally brothers and sisters whatever is true whatever is noble whatever is right whatever is pure whatever is lovely whatever is admirable if anything is excellent and praiseworthy think about such things let me say something to you very carefully your natural being does not want to think about all of the things that are praiseworthy. Your natural being is a negative experience. Your natural being is sinful. <laughs> Mine is. Yours is. That's part of the human condition. However, remember you're also supernatural. But I want to remind you of what it says in Romans 12 too. It says, do not... Be conformed to the patterns of this world. But let your mind be transformed by the Spirit of God. Listen carefully. That's 
what Paul is saying right here. He's saying whatever is excellent and praiseworthy and positive and wonderful and God's gifts and a part of the joy of our life, then you concentrate on those things. Now, with God's help, you can, because of your supernatural nature, you can override the sinful, natural, negative thoughts that you have. Everybody in here is afraid. Everybody in here worries. Everybody in here has big questions about everything about life. All of us do. But in the Lord and in your supernatural state, you are able to have joy because of Jesus Christ in your life. So this passage from Paul is very much a part of the answer to the mystery about how we can have continual joy. Remember, you are to rejoice in the Lord always. <laughs> See, I paused there because I saw several people say the word. Thank you for doing that. We're to rejoice in the Lord always. That means always. So Paul gives us a key to the mystery. But the next passage of Scripture comes from the 15th chapter of John. Because Jesus speaks to us. Now, I want to give you and remind you a little bit of the background of this passage of Scripture. This is the night before he was crucified. Now, if you have not ever studied John 13, 14, 15, 16, and 17, those chapters in the book of John, please go home this afternoon and read 13, 14, 15, 16, and 17. Why? Because that's Jesus talking to you and me. That's Jesus talking to his disciples. And he has an urgency. This is the night before he's crucified. He's going to the cross the next day. Now, yes, we're celebrating his birth. But you cannot celebrate his birth without focusing on the cross. They go together hand in hand. And so here in these chapters, Jesus himself, almighty God, is speaking to you and me about joy. And there is a wonderful, and I, I didn't know this until this past week when I was preparing for this sermon, but there is a wonderful statement in this 15th chapter of John that we're going to see in just a minute where Jesus is saying and giving us the key to the mystery of how to have continual, complete joy. But let's see what he says. He says, I am the true vine. Now, this is in the 15th chapter, but please remember in the 14th chapter, what did he say? I am the way, the truth, and the life. Nobody comes to the Father but by me. Well, this is the same statement. He is saying, I am the source. I am the foundation. I am what you need in order to be my disciple and to bear fruit as he's about to speak. He says, I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. 
He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. Now, please pay attention to that. I've said to you many times that Christianity is not a spectator sport. It's not something where you're just supposed to sit on the sidelines and say, Yay, go, Pastor so-and-so. Yeah, you do that. No. What God says, and in our joy, and in our Christian commitment, we are to bear fruit. And we'll talk a little more about that in a moment. He says, he cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitly, fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Now, that reminds us of what Jesus said to Peter in chapter 13 of John. You remember? Jesus is washing their feet. He goes around and he comes to Peter and Peter says, no, 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 no. Jesus, Lord, you're not going to wash my feet. And Jesus said, well, Peter, if I don't wash your feet, you don't have any part of me. That shocked Peter, impulsive Peter. And so Peter said, well, Lord, just wash me all over. And Jesus said, you don't have to be washed all over because you're already clean because of the word I've spoken to you. Well, that's what he's speaking to you. You know the truth of Jesus' presence in your life. You're already clean because you've accepted the reality of Jesus saving you from sin, delivering you from the negativity of your life, and so you can bear fruit. And the scripture goes on. He then starts with a great statement. Some translations use the word abide. This translation uses the word remain. But the essence of the word is that we stay connected to Jesus Christ. Remember, we're looking for the mystery of how to maintain continual joy. It says, remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Now, I'm not a gardener, but my wife loves to grow tomatoes. And I love to eat tomatoes. So we got a good partnership right there. Well, this past summer, our whole back porch and back patio area was not that big. But it was just covered with vines and tomatoes. And so I know a little bit about what Jesus is saying here. That no branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine and you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. And apart from me, you cannot have joy. Remember, that's what we're talking about. Because the fruit is part of the joy. If you do not remain in me, you are like the branches that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. What a tragedy. I don't believe in losing your salvation. The 
but I do believe in losing your joy. Now listen carefully. It is a tragedy. I'm sorry, but I deal with Christian people all the time. And as a counselor, I deal with them losing their joy because of hurt or because of anger or because of sin or because of all sorts of things. And here he's saying that if you don't bear fruit, you're like the branch that is thrown into the fire and burned. Now, he will not throw you into hell. But you will and you can lose your joy or maybe not ever find it. And that is a tragedy. But if you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. Now, you know that that is not a selfish wish. It's not just what I want or what you want. But we're remaining in the spirit and in the supernatural fact of that we are Christians. We are devoted to and we are committed to Jesus Christ. And so, therefore, ask whatever you wish because what we will wish is based on what he says and what his will and what his purposes are. So ask whatever you wish. And it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you to bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. Do you remember? We are his disciples. By the fact that you are a Christian, you are his disciples. And a disciple is one that serves and submits. You remember my three words? I said the three words that we don't like. It's surrender, submit, and sacrifice. Well, guess what? That's part of finding our joy. And that's part of what this says. And the verse goes on. It says, as the Father has loved me. Now, remember, he said so far, remain in me, abide in me, stay with me. Now he's going deeper. Listen very carefully to what Jesus is doing. He's going deeper because now he's not just saying we stay connected. He's saying we stay in a love relationship. Now, I don't know about you, but I love love relationships. <laughs> it is the nourishment of my life to be in love with the Lord and to be in love with my wife and to be in love with my family and with my friends and with my church family. And now he's saying, as the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Remember, he's moving, and there's going to be this great statement in just a moment. He's moving toward the key to the mystery of joy. Because he wants you and I to have it. He says, I, so I have loved you, now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands, and remain in his love. Now, here it is. Verse 11, John 15, is the very key from Jesus himself to the whole issue of rejoice in the Lord always. Be joyful always. Continue in joy. 
live in a state of being of joy because I have told you all this so that my joy may be in you and your joy may be complete. Now listen, think, pray for just a moment about that statement from Jesus himself. This is not a human experience. This is not a natural experience. He has told us all of this and so much more in his teachings, in his will, in his plans for us, in his commands to you and me. I have told you this so that my joy was Jesus joyful? Oh my goodness, yes. Why was he joyful? He left heaven and came to this cruddy place called earth and lived a few years in all sorts of turmoil, all sorts of tension, all sorts of storms, all sorts of persecution, all the way to the cross, the agony of the trial, the brutality of the beatings, the dying on the cross. Was he joyful? Yes, because he was living in love. <laughs> he was doing exactly what his father had said. He was living and accomplishing and finishing the plan of salvation for you and me. And in that was his joy. And now he's saying, I've told you this so that my joy, not your joy, but my joy, Jesus' joy, then, then can be transplanted into you and me. Do you understand that? I don't. It's a mystery. All I can do is say, thank you, Lord, and do as you will. He is saying that he wants to put his joy into me. He's saying he wants to put his joy into you. Now, if you want to make sense of that, I don't think you can do that. If you want to understand all of that and how it works, I don't think you can do that. If you want to figure it out, one, two, three, four, five, and have it in a formula, I don't believe you can do that. So what do we do? We surrender to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. We submit to his will and to his word and to his plans for us. And we sacrifice our lives. Scripture says, if you want to find your life, you're going to lose it. But if you lose your life for my sake, then you will find it. That's what this is all about. And that's how we find joy. Now I want to go ahead and read and finish the last part of this chapter. So let's go ahead. It says, greater love has no one than this than to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant 
does not know his master's business. Instead, I've called you friends for everything that I learned from my father I've made known to you. You did not choose me. Listen carefully, folks. You did not choose him. He chose you and me. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you might go and do what? Be my disciples and bear fruit. There it is again. Because when you and I are playing on the team, we're do when we're doing what the team intends to be done, then our joy is going to continue. If you're sitting on the sidelines, then your joy is going to diminish, 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 and disappear. You did not choose me, but I chose you. I love to be chosen. So do you. You appointed, and I chose you and appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. And so that whatever you ask in my Father's name, I will give you. This is my command to, to what? To love each other. Why? Because that's the fruit of Jesus Christ. That's the spirit and the character of Jesus Christ. And when we're living in that, that's the key to the mystery of rejoice in the Lord always. I say it again, rejoice. It's not in you. It's not in me. I love church, I love worship, I love Bible study, I love prayer. All of that is a part of it, but it's not even in all of that. It's in the personal relationship and the connection in love with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ that we celebrate in Christmas time. And I pray, and here's my last statement. I pray that you and I will celebrate Jesus Christ every day of our life. I love Christmas. I am so thrilled to celebrate it with you. But every day needs to be Christmas. Amen. Let's pray, folks. Jesus, we have been before you and worshiped in wonderful music, in prayers, in communion, remembering you, remembering the experiences of, of that first Christmas night. But mainly we want to remember you every day, every minute, every hour of our lives. We want to surrender to you. We want to submit to you. We want to sacrifice our life for your sake. And we thank you that you want to give us your joy. What a gift. What a gift.
I pray for everybody in this room. I pray for everybody in this church. I am so thankful that we're here to worship you and honor you. And you have given us the key. You always give us the truth. Help us to live in your truth, your ways, your word, every step of the way. And we pray in the wonderful name of Jesus Christ. Amen.